This is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats. I just want to take a moment to say thank you, thank you, thank you for the support of this podcast. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button and take a moment and fill out a review. It makes a whole lot of help in terms of growing and developing this podcast. Enjoy today's chat. Peace. Hey, this is Karen Coach's Corner Chats, and on the podcast tonight is Jennifer Klein. Jennifer, where are you at, and what are you up to? Currently uh, in the office at my house, and um, I've actually was cutting some film from practice this week, um, preparation for our game, first spring game uh, this Saturday. So, what what does the spring season kind of focus for college coaches look like? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody kind of approaches the spring season slightly different. Um, I mean, I do think the emphasis, because the games are more scrimmages, they don't really, um, you know, lead towards, you know, a a championship or, um, you know, conference standings that it is more of a a development focus. And I think for us, that's the biggest thing right now is um, development, building confidence individually, building confidence within our team as we prepare for um, the fall, the part where it's like performances and and games really have more weight. Do you find that you get to kind of experiment with people or players in different positions, or let's try this formation, or today our focus is X, Y, and Z? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, you know, it's crazy to think that uh, because of COVID, uh, we haven't had uh, this type of, of, Mm. of, a part of our season in, in, in almost two years. I mean, our current juniors, um, this is their first full spring, you know, they had segment of it and then COVID hit. And then, you know, we, we then did that whole thing. But, um, so this part is, it's that experiment. It's getting players, uh, opportunity, um, chance to experiment with formations, chance to, you know, just kind of, try things without that pressure of, well, I have to win this game. So I got to try to do something that I know is maybe a little bit more, um, you get more consistency. So you just go with it as opposed to this, it's kind of like, well, we tried it and now we, we know whether it worked or whether it's something that maybe we got to re reconfigure a little bit more. You mentioned breaking down video. Um, during your coaching journey and experience, um, how imp- how helpful has that aspect of having film, even for a practice? How I mean, it's so cool to even be able to break those things down. How big and, and like it sounds like you use it quite a bit. Yeah, I you know I think as we look at like how do players learn, um, and I think they're they're becoming more and more visual people, um, and they you know you think of of how they operate in their everyday world. It's Instagram, it's Snapchat, it's all, it's all video. It's that kind of visual piece. And so to be able to use video um, and use images and images of them doing something, I think is a, is a huge um, advantage when you're trying to teach and and develop. Um, And it's also neat, like for, for me as well, it's a great self-assessment when it comes to how was our session? I was just making like a little session design note of placement of some small goals, um, you know, like moving them in a little bit more as opposed to where they were, thought they were a little wide. So the next time we do that, that activity, 
we it better um, gets out what we're trying to get out. So I think it, it goes for both ways, right? It, it's also a great tool for us as coaches to self-evaluate how was the session, um, where can we get better as well? Just hearing you talking about the movement of goals a couple of feet left and right, are you a very like detail-oriented, super <laughs> organized person? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. I, I'm very process-oriented. I'm very much like um, systems and, and things in place to, to make things. I'm also very much a, on efficiency. Like I want things to be efficient and clean and, and, um, uh, yeah, organized. So yes, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> now, how long have you been, uh, the Wolverines head coach? I just finished my fourth season about to start my fifth season come the fall. And when you look back, being that organized person, what was that first year? What were some of the things that you wanted to put in place that you knew now four or five years down the road would start leading to like consistent success for your program? Yeah, I think right away, the, the first thing that we wanted to implement when we when we got there was um, more of our attacking identity, um, you know, looking at how the team had played a bit prior to um, was a more of a defending counter type of, of style. Um, and I'm much more of an attacking personality, but I do like to have good uh, defensive discipline and balance to it. Um, so that was the first thing that we implemented. And then just kind of layering in different aspects of, of the game. We, we gave them a lot of freedom to get numbers forward. Um, in that first year. And with that, we did get exposed a lot in defensive transition. We, we didn't know how to defend, um, you know, press higher up the field, kind of that counter press. And so we got exposed in it, but um, in that exposure, we were then able to say, okay, if we're going to play and attack this way, here's how we have to learn how to defend and, and create countermeasures and balance within our attacking shape to be able to do it. So it was a growth and then we got better at that. And then we, you know, getting more, um, getting more dominant within possessions, so we could control the tempo a bit better um, was kind of the next process. And then, you know, really being more dominant in certain areas of the field defensively. And um, yeah, so it's just kind of every, every year trying to layer in something new, you know, this last year we were, because we had such a, a an experienced, very senior um senior level team, as far as we had a lot of, we had 11 seniors um, on the team. They had been with us for three to, to four years, just because of the COVID year, we were able to experiment with some different formations um, because they were very comfortable with our principles. And it, it um, so we were able to do that, which was a great, you know, um, another layer to add to our, our team. So yeah, every year, just trying to find a different um, aspect we can improve and um, develop. You talked about being attack minded. If I'm assuming you were a youth soccer player at some point, was, was that one of your strong points was being an attacker? Yeah, I would say so. I was always more of an attacking player um, in my youth career. I was either attacking mid or a wide forward. I, I, I like to run. So, you know, it's helpful when you're an eight box to <laughs> box midfielder or a wide forward. Um, but then when I got to college, because I was fit, I became an outside back for my first year and then, um, coaching change got back, moved back into the midfield, but, um, yeah, definitely more. I, I, a lot of my coaches were very, um, possession based coaches. They, they liked having the ball, um, 
and and so that I I would say my real first experience of like defensive organization um, and all of that came more in college probably than um, in my club career. So yeah, trying to to marry the two. And where and what college did you go and uh, play at? Played at the University of Arizona. Oh, so you've gone from climate climates of super oh, hot to yes. Michigan. Yeah, I've been the the desert of Tucson, and then I went um, from there to my first coaching job, which was in Las Vegas, again, another desert. And then I went to Washington State, which is in Pullman, Washington. It is not the, the evergreens of Seattle. It is kind of more of a rolling hills, a lot of um, lentils in the area. So it's very <laughs> different climate. And then to Southern California and now to Ann Arbor, Michigan. And as many people like to point out, I did it backwards. You're supposed to go from like the east to the west, not the other way, but who knows? What was the draw to go and play at down in Arizona? Yeah, I mean, I'll be... Uh, Honest, when I first was going through the process, I wanted, I was looking, it was like, how can I get as far away from home as possible? Um, and then, you know, then you start to get your, your visits and who's interested in you. And it was like, okay, I'll, I'll take a visit, go check it out. Um, the, I love the, the, just the feel of campus. Um, I thought it was way different than I had into what I thought it would be. Um, and then I liked the, the university feel. I liked the athletic vibe. Like at that time, Arizona men's basketball was rocking. It, it, Andre Iguodala, um, Luke Walton, um, like just a really fun, uh, very good basketball team. So it was really great being in and around that. Um, and then I just really liked the, the, the team. Um, felt like it was a place I could go and make an impact. They, you know, when I arrived on campus, uh, the program was the bottom of, of the den of that time, the Pac-10. And by the time I left, we we had been, we tied for uh, Pac-10 champs and we made it to a sweet 16. So, um, you know, I wanted to, my experience that I wanted is I wanted to go in and, and help a program get better. Um, and uh, so got an opportunity to do that. So, and then, you know, it was nice being a little bit closer to home. I was about three and three, four hours away. And so my parents got to come home, but I was just far enough away that I didn't have to go home every, every weekend. I could go a little bit, but I could stay away if I wanted. What was, what do you think that, that it was about when your team progressed at Arizona started getting better to go from like doormats to now we're one of the top one, two, and three, what was it about that group that you were a part of? that you think kind of made that successful run? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think, you know, credit to our, our, our coaches. We had a coaching change after my freshman year and the coaches came in, I think did a great job of just giving good organization to our team, um, which, which really helped us. But I really think a lot of it came down to the leadership uh, within our team. We had really good older players that um, really set, set a great mentality. Um, for our, our collective team. And, um, we had a chip on our shoulder, you know, like we didn't, we didn't want to be that like team that was just, you know, they came into your, into your, uh, your, uh, your stadium and they, they expected to win and we didn't want that to be that anymore. And so just kind of having that chip on your shoulder and a little bit of like, we're going to prove you wrong. And, um, but really I give a lot of credit to our, our seniors and our, 
our leadership that we had on that team. Was it during that time of playing and like seeing, experiencing two different coaching styles, maybe in a way, um, and seeing the success, was that, was that when you started thinking, you know what, I kind of like this coaching idea. You can impact culture and teams and, and build something that can be really, really sustainable. Yeah. I mean, my dad was, was the one that first kind of mentioned to me about like being a coach. Um, he was like, you know, you, you work camps in the summer. You seem to really enjoy it. You like the game at the time. There wasn't really, uh, the pro league had folded. Um, so there wasn't a lot of opportunity to continue in the game as a player. And so the best way was to get into coaching. And so he was the first person that put that kind of bug in my, in my ear. Um, and it was, I, I loved the game and it, it was neat to see um, the impact that you can have as a coach, as far as player development, uh, creating and developing culture and um, helping a team have success um, in a lot of different areas. So yeah, it was definitely something I was like, oh, I could, I could do this. I love the fact that it was your dad who kind of saw this in you. It, what, what, what do you think it was that he looked at and said, you know, I think you would be a great fit. Was it something, were, have you always been kind of a, even in high school, were you in kind of leadership roles or on Yeah. Team? I mean, I guess I've always, I, I, I was captains of, of teams. Um, but I think it was, uh, you know, maybe just the way I, I talked about the game that I, you know, loved the game. And I think, you know, for him, it was, you know, if you can find something that you have a passion to do and you can make a career out of it, it's, it's never really going to feel about, feel like a career. And, um, so he, he definitely was the one that, that started it. And, uh, yeah, uh, now here I am, like got a great career and, um, love what I do. So it's been really good. You mentioned earlier. So after Arizona, you head to Vegas, how do we end up there and what role and responsibilities did yeah. you have there? So I, I ended up there because I, um, basically I took any coaching job and I didn't say no to anything. It was like, Hey, can you coach this team? Yeah. Can you do this? Yes. Do you have a passport and can you take a team to Eng uh, England and Sweden in 11 days? Yeah, I think I could do that. Like it just, I did whatever people wanted me to do. I did. So I went um, and got involved with uh, Arizona ODP um, and from that got in, got uh, applied to be a coach in training for region four ODP camp. And basically what you do is you literally just go um, and you assist in any way that you can. And I met um, while I was there, met a uh, coach Kat Mertz, who was then the head coach of UNLV and, you know, we, we hit it off. I helped with some, you know, different things, ran, ran a session here and there. And she was like, Oh, do you, it's too bad. You don't work with goalkeepers. I'm looking for a goalkeeper coach. And I was like, yeah, too bad. <laughs> so I went back, you know, was getting ready to do some stuff with club. And she reached out um, a few weeks later and was like, Hey, you know, I'm just not really liking my candidate pool for uh, a goalkeeper coach. I think I might kind of go in a different direction. Would you be interested? And it was like, Oh yeah, I'd be interested. So I literally flew up the next day, did an interview, and then was up on campus a week later. And that's when preseason started. So got into it. I was the second assistant, um, you know, was doing a little bit of everything. It was definitely an eye opening. That was my first like, you know, pay, kind of paid job of, of coaching. And it um, 
it was great. Like just such an uh, eye-opening, fun experience. Learned a lot and um, yeah, kind of kicked off the whole thing. I want to go to the trip overseas. Did this actually come to fruition? Did you make oh, it yeah. happen? Oh so, yeah. So it was but- literally like I was coaching a different age group for Arizona ODP and the, whatever i now forget what age group went, um, coach wasn't able to go. And so they literally called and they're like, do you have a passport? Yes. Um, can you, you know, will you, can you be gone for 11 days? Yeah, I can be gone for 11 days. All right. And I trained the team one time before we left. So <laughs> I literally didn't know them. So we first went, it was us and the boy and the boys team, same age group. Um, and we went to, Manchester to do the a Man United camp for like a couple of days. And then we flew to Sweden and we participated in the Gothia Cup. And what's crazy about the whole thing is we w- ended up winning the Gothia Cup and we didn't give up a single goal. Wow. Yeah, it was like this crazy, crazy experience. Um, <laughs> we had a blast. Like it was, that's probably uh, one of my, my favorite trips and favorite teams coaching because it literally was like, you just kind of get thrown into it and it was like winging it and the the girls were great some of their parents you know came on the trip as well but it was fun to go with um the boys team and yeah we had a blast it was great that's awesome I love too the fact that things are just kind of thrown in front of you and you're like sure let's give it a go and see what happens then you go and and have success and what an awesome experience for them and you um, and the parents to go over there and see all those types of things UNLV, you said lots of learning um, and what have you. What were some of the takeaways and how long were you there at UNLV? Yeah, so I was there a total of five years. I was there three years as an assistant coach. And then my head coach went on um, uh, and took a, a, a different job. I was unable to, to go with her. So I ended up becoming the head coach there. So, I mean, when I got hired as a head coach, I was the youngest division one head coach in the country. Um, and I would say that those two years you learn, I learned more about like management of people, um, the, the nuances and just, there's so much more than just the X's and O's. And even at times, like just the logistics, it's like kind of all these different, uh, facets of, of running a a program. But, um, I mean, I learned a lot about cultivating culture from Kat. She was very good about spending time and, and working on that. That was probably my big experience, um, in my first year there and, and the time that she spent with that, um, you know, uh, just learning more about, um, team dynamics, uh, different tactics and, and things like that. Recruiting. I mean, uh, talk about like, having to recruit the right player so that way they can be successful because of where UNLV is like uh, Las Vegas, lots of temptation. And, and not that, you know, if someone's going to find trouble, they'll find trouble anywhere, but the, just the access and the temptation that exists in Las Vegas. I mean, the school is right off the, the strip. And so learning the, the value of making sure that you find not only the talent that's going to allow for you be, to be successful, but, the right fit that's going to enhance um, and grow your culture and not get caught up in 
Vegas that's going to be a detriment to them as a player, but ultimately impact your team negatively. How important was were those two years in terms of your coaching uh, like journey? And number two, how how big was it that the university would come to you at that age and say, look, Jennifer, we have all the confidence in you to do yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, it was massive, um, you know, that, that they saw, um, they saw that potential in me. Um, you know, I, it was at the time when, um, I got hired, uh, UNLV had just hired a new AD and it was actually Jim Livengood, who was my AD when I was a player at Arizona. So we had a connection and, you know, I think him knowing me as a player and the contribution that I gave to the program, I think honestly gave him some confidence, you know, that we had this connection. Um, but I, I, what I learned was I needed, I needed to go back to really propel myself forward. So um, it was one of those, like, I didn't want to just kind of struggle through it in the position. Um, so I, I actually went back and, and was an assistant. Um, that was kind of my next move. And I think that actually going back to being an assistant after being a head coach probably helped me the most as far as my growth, because I then looked at things with a different lens. It was looking at it from how would a head coach do it, but I didn't have the full weight and responsibility of being the head coach. So um, I was just the conversations that I would have with um, my head coach, Kadani McAlpine, um, you know, who's now at Georgia and we went to USC together, um, you know, and he was great. Cause he'd be like, all right, how would you do this? And um and it became a, a very much a collaborative effort. Um, and that was one thing that I learned a lot from Kadani was how to build a staff and how to create a culture of collaboration within your staff. Um, and not just within your direct coaching staff, but like athletic trainers, uh, strength and conditioning coach, SID, um, development, like how do you bring them into your inner circle and really make them feel value and feel like their role is important? Um, I thought that was one thing Kadani did an amazing job at and something that I really took away from him. So the two years at UNLV and then you moved to Washington state, that's where you take the um, assistant position and you start to learn even more and more uh, from that. And I think it's so cool. This, how you said I taken a step back actually propelled me forward. What a cool way to kind of look. And I, the thing I love, about each of your stops is you're you seem to have really kind of picked like I like this at UNLV um, I like this at Arizona um, and now I'm picking things from Washington State what what was the change I know we kind of joked about the climate change but what you know when you go from UNLV Arizona hot dry and then you end up in Washington where it rains all yeah. the time and it's kind of muggy and you're dealing with those things what what was that like going from that in that little transition I, I will tell you that the, the mentality of the player is different. Like when you talk about weather creates adversity and, you know, when you're trying to have, you know, uh, help players deal with adversity, weather is a great thing that you can utilize that even heat, like just how do we manage and deal with this thing that we honestly can't control? We can't control the weather. So what can we do? What can we control that's going to allow for, for this not to be a negative, but that we can just kind of deal with it. So 
I think that was a big thing. Like they were tough. They, they, the coaches were freezing all the time and the <laughs> players were like, no problem. They would much rather uh, be outside than in this like kind of bubble uh, that they had on campus. So the coaches were always like, oh no, practice is inside. And they're like, no, practice is outside. And it's like, okay, here we go. That's when I purchased a heated vest. Great invention um, and <laughs> an investment. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, and it's, it's different because every, every place uh, you know, the, the, the type of player that's going to thrive at that institution is just a little bit different because every institution has a different experience. And so, you know, really trying to, um, embrace and understand, okay, what is this school about and what type of personality character, um, qualities are going to really come into this and, and, and thrive. So that's something that, you know, I've been at a lot of different spots and they were all very, very different um, types of institutions. And so really learning, learning that has helped as well. The other thing that pops in my head is each of the schools, if you've mentioned, are not small schools in any way. So what, what has it been like to kind of be in, like, those are high level. So there's expectations at every single one of those stops. Um, and dealing with that, what has that experience been like in being in kind of like what, you know, power five or what do you want to call yeah. um, those schools? Yeah. I mean, every, every place, uh, even getting to, uh, you know, USC and um, the expectation there. And, and of course at Michigan, um, I enjoy that, that, that high performance um, expectation. Um, I, you know, can it get, challenging absolutely um but i do think that if you folk if you find the way to focus more on the process and not on just the result i think it's really help it's more it makes it more manageable and more palpable and it is at times difficult and and you get kind of caught up uh in you know expectation and um you know what you're what you're supposed to do especially when you get to a program and like USC, for example, like you're in and around uh, national champs, like all the, you're walking around and it's like Olympians right next to you and, and a bit of the same at, at Michigan as well. And so it's like, okay, like we want to, we don't want to be thought down on, we got to like raise our level to, to be, you know, you feel confident walking amongst the, these coaches and these, these other play, uh, student athletes. So um, I think that going into those environments, it, it just creates uh uh, an environment that you want to do the work to to be at the same to same level and and perform to meet those expectations so you go to washington state take that step back to go propel forward what what is the impetus to then say you know what i'm gonna head to usc so Kadani, my, the coach that I was working with at uh, Washington State, he got the job and he's like, well, what do you want to do? He's like, I want you to come with me. And it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going with you. I, I love my time at Washington State, but Pullman, Washington is a little bit, little bit small uh, for just to kind of live. So it was like, um, let's go, let's go try out LA. And, you know, going to USC, um, got an opportunity to be a part of a program that won a national championship. And you know, seeing the, the journey and the process that took to get there um, and the, to win really at the highest level within the college game, um, 
is an experience that now it's like I can draw back on and I can, you know, use that as I'm trying to do the same here at Michigan. So yeah, every stop has had uh, some, some takeaways that um, has helped me, has helped shape me and, and now trying to use those experiences to, to create um, a program that is going to have some sustained, sustained success and hopefully um, we can win some championships within it. How important was kind of tagging along with the coach from Washington State to USC, that time with him that has now propelled you to now Michigan? Like how big and impactful was having him in the mix and being able to be a part of his staff? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was, um, I learned a ton from him and it was great to go, you know, to two different places and, you know, you take over a program and then you have to kind of um, add add to it and add your add your la- layers to it. And what was neat about Washington State and USC is that they were at very different places when our staff came in and took over. Washington State was was in a really good place. They played well. Their culture was good. Um, their coach just made it a, made a change to leave, and and um, that was more of a, a personal thing. So going in and already having a very a good program to then making the next step great was a very different experience to USC that was towards the bottom of the league, had a lot of talent, a lack of, of, of some culture um, and a lack and um, you know, hadn't had the success that um, they were expected to. So two very different programs walking in. And so getting that experience of, trying to manage that and propel those programs to the next step um, was really helpful. And, and that, you know, that's what I got in, in working and in, in traveling with Kidani. You talked about different challenges. Is it harder to go from being good to become great? Or was it, it not that it's ever easy, but or is it easier to build from the bottom up? Like, so Washington State, solid, yeah. got a little consistency in history. Now we need to become elite USC. If we just become better, if we're average, then we've made progress. Yeah. I think it, it's like what you see when you're taking over a team that um, maybe isn't meeting the expectations or, you know, is a little bit lower within their, their league at the time of takeover, you see improvement go really quick and then it kind of plateaus. And then you got to go where the other uh, Washington state, it was really kind of more of a slower process. You didn't see a huge uptick, uh, right at the start and, and that's okay. Like it just, um, yeah, each one was a little, little bit different, but it just like kind of that exponential versus a little bit more plateau and then incremental changes. Um, but it's all, it's, it's just patience. That was a big thing, you know, and when I, left USC and, and came to Michigan, I, you know, asked Kadani what bit of advice and he said, patience. And, and that's what it is. It's all, it's just about patience and, you know, not, you don't rush it. Just, just, it'll get there. It's just a matter of, of when. Is the patient something too, that you have to communicate with the players so at Washington state? You're like, look, ladies, we're, we're, we're getting there. It's not going to, whereas at USC, you're like, yes, enjoy it, but understand at some point it's going to take a little more grinding. Yeah, I think in everything, like it, it's it's that it's that process, and I I think sometimes when we look at the the process, we we just expect it to con- you know it's going up whether it goes up quickly or it goes up incrementally, but 
part of that process too, as well, is that you have to have um, mistakes and, and losses to really help yourself make those next jumps. And I think that's the part that we have to communicate with our players is that um, there is value in mistakes. There's value in losses. And, and in most cases, you get more out of a loss than you do out of a win. And wins at times have this great ability of masking things that are really, that are going on, but it doesn't really get exposed or come to a a head until you have that loss. Um, And so that's the part I think is, is the big thing that we have to communicate with our players is that it's not all perfect and there's chaos and there's um, adversity and you need those things to get to your best. And even at your best, you can still have those moments and that is totally okay. So we head to Michigan. What, at what point did you say USC, I got to experience national title, saw what that was like. And then when did you say, you know what, Jennifer, I want to go, I want to make my own, I want to trail, make my own trail and, and reach those levels as well. I think, you know, once I got a taste of being a head coach, I think I, you know, always knew that I would eventually want to go back and, and do that again and, and kind of get a a second chance at it now that I've had these other experiences. And so, I mean, I was in a very fortunate position that I was part of a really good staff, a a great program. And so I was able to be picky um, and uh, kind of wait till I felt like something came that I really wanted to go for. And Michigan was one of those programs. I think it, it's got a, a great tradition. Um, it has unbelievable academic recognition. Um, and what also, why that school kind of popped on my radar is I went to a, a coaches conference and the Michigan softball coach, Carol Hutchins was the keynote speaker. Um, and the way that she spoke of Michigan and, um, you know, she had, a, I think she's now in her 38th year at Michigan. Wow. and when you look at longevity and sustainability and the ability, like you're, she's was, has been able to be at a place that long and has won a national championship in her time here has won multiple conference championships. It's like, man, okay. If she's good with that, like that's gotta be a place you want to be a part of. And, you know, it was kind of one of those, if that, if Michigan ever opened up, that'd be a school I would look for. And I think it was like two years later, um, it opened up and it was kind of like, all right, I, I gotta, gotta take a look at it. So. I love that at the start of your like Arizona and was, Hey, if people ask me, I'm all in for it, but you kind of show that maturation of, uh, you got to a point where you said, okay, I, now that I've experienced what I've experienced in multiple places and different expectations, I kind of now know what I want in a program and I know what I can bring to a program, which I think is really cool to see um, that kind of growth. How has the softball coach, Coach Hutchinson, um, been impactful for you in your time at Michigan? Oh, she's like, yes. I mean, as soon as I got on campus, you know, came down to the office, said hello. Um, We had many, many times, you know, socializing together, you know, talking shop. 
you know, supporting one another. And, and it's not just me. She does it for, you know, all of our, uh, the coaches here in, uh, in particular, the, the coaches of our, our women's programs. And so she's an unbelievable, you know, resource um, and a huge advocate for women's coaches and, and women's sports, um, which is great to have someone like that that's so accessible and just easy to talk to. I was going to bring that up too. The fact that, you know, we're trying to get more and more women involved in the game of soccer at all, all levels and in the coaching, how uh, important or do you feel in terms of how you carry yourself, how you do um, and all those types of things? Cause you're already being scrutinized for wins and losses, but now on top of that, here you are in kind of a maybe male dominated type of thing. Yeah. I, I think it finally really hit me. I, I will say this last uh, United Soccer Coaches Convention where, you know, walking around before I could kind of just, you know, go unnoticed and, and sneak by and just kind of, you know, be stealth-like. And now it's not the case. I, you know, there's a little bit more recognition and, and people coming up. And so now feeling um, a sense of responsibility to be that the next generation of, of women coaches that's helping to push and, and to mentor and to lead um, and create opportunity um, for more coaches, um, especially women coaches, coaches of color um, to get into the, into the game. And yeah, I didn't really feel that way until this last year. And it was like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm in a different spot now. And now I got to be the one that's, that's, that's helping it, lending a hand and helping and using my platform and um, the resources that I have to help. What was it like? Cause I believe you presented at the convention. So what was it like to go from, I'm sure in the past, you've been the person out that was taking all the notes and everything. What was it like the experience of being upfront and people like you're holy moly, these people are here to hear my input. Nerve wracking. I, I'm not one for, for attention. So it definitely is, that is out of my comfort zone, but it's awesome. I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I think it's definite. I, I take it as, um, uh, an honor that, you know, people have recognized, um, I, I did a presentation on, on culture more specifically on leadership development for the collegiate athlete. And, um, so it, it's definitely an honor that people are recognizing the work that we're doing here at Michigan and, and wanting us to share. And I think that's the great thing is, you know, w wanting to share and wanting to, to say, here's what we do. Hopefully you can take something that will be helpful for you and your program and, and not just hoarding it for us and, you know, and not having the ability to share it, but it was great. We, we I, you know, afterwards people coming up and, having conversation and asking questions, which then, you know, puts me in a place that I'm then learning from and, and, and growing. So it definitely was, was a great experience, but overall, definitely nerve wracking <laughs> <laughs> to have to do it. Um, the other thing, so this whole kind of coaching journey started with dad. Yeah. How, how excited has he been watching you kind of mature and become, you know, now yeah. here you are a, the head coach of, the Michigan Wolverines. How excited is he? Yeah. As he, when I got the job, he goes, wow, that's a big job. Like <laughs> if I already don't know, it's a big job. It, it's a big job. Um, no, he's been so great and, uh, you know, super proud. And it's awesome because I, I, you know, I always share with him, like, here's what, here's things that I'm working on. Here's things that we're doing. And, 
you know, he, he has a huge interest in it, follows it probably at times watches more, more college soccer than I do. And is telling me stuff about, you know, what player, what teams are doing in that. He's like my inside track of, of what's going on. Cause I get in my bubble and I have no idea, you know, what's going on outside my program. So it's nice that, you know, he's connected, but definitely super proud. Talking about all the soccer, what is what is Big Ten soccer kind of in a nutshell? What do you, can you describe it? And most people look at, they'd see basketball, they see football, and all we do is just, we end up beating each other during the season and it's physical and it's like, is it varying styles or is there, what's the Big Ten like? Yeah, I it definitely is varying styles. I will say that that was coming from the, the, the uh, Pac-12 to the Big Ten. Pac-12, a lot of teams play very similarly. Um, and you're really dealing with like individual players within teams. Like you got to deal with when, you know, at the time, Katarina Macario is, is at Stanford. Okay. You got to deal with this player. You got to deal with that player. Um, at the big 10 coming into it, it, it was like, you're playing really drastically different styles. Um, you know, player teams are, are really more geared towards like dealing with set pieces versus, you know, they're playing for that. So, you know, trying to manage and, and go from week to week and prep for, for games, it, it was, you had to make different adjustments. So that was, that was exciting for me as a coach because it was forcing me to have to really think through different tactical situations and how would we, you know, adjust and deal with this and um, all of that. But our, our league is super competitive. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's not like you got the top and you got the bottom and these some teams in the middle. It is like super condensed. Um, I mean, you look at, you had Rutgers that was in the, the, the final four um, semifinals. Um, you know, we were in the elite eight. We had a couple of teams within the sweet 16. Um, you know, I think we had some other teams within the elite eight as well, but the, the league is really, really competitive and there's no easy game. Um, and that's, that's fun. Like you, you go into it. It's like, you gotta be, sharp every every game within the league and yeah you never know but um yeah it's been a fun challenge so we've talked about other programs going from like average to good to good to elite now that you're starting to find that what what is it that you can do with your program to maybe get them to that next like what's that maybe they say it's the missing ingredient yeah uh <laughs> yeah i i think it it's it's not much, it's not big. It's like when I, we, you know, you look back at our game against Florida state who goes on and wins the, the national championship and you go back and that you look at that game and we had, we had some really good, good moments. And it was like, we just didn't capitalize on the moments that we had. And um, that's, that's the game, right? The, 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 the ones at the, the very top, like they, they might not get a lot of moments, but when they get the moments, they, they capitalize. And, I think that's something for us to just recognize when you start to get into that elite eight final four, the championship, it's like every, every opportunity is like, could be the one opportunity and really dialing that in. Um, but I look at our team right now, it, it's, you know, we, we definitely have graduated uh, quite a bit of, of experience from our team, but our, you know, everyone's like, oh man, it's a rebuilding year. And yes, it is, but it's also like, it's just going to be different. And I think that that's, um, you know, if you look at every year, there's going to be common threads through from team to team, but then embracing like what's unique 
what's uniquely great about this collection of, of players in this team and try to play to their advantages and, and highlight them and then just figuring out, you know, what's their areas of improvement and, and helping them out in there. So um, I think the, honestly, now it's about finding the consistency from year to year. I mean, you look at Florida state, Santa Clara, even who two teams went back to back. I mean, that's really, really impressive because that is not an easy feat. And now that's something that we're going to try to strive for is how can you be consistent from year to year? What was the, what was the, the feeling in the locker room after that loss in the lead eight? You're so close. And I know people get so focused on like, we just lost, but what if, what an amazing achievement to be one of the, you know, the top eight teams in the entire nation. How do you take that? And, and, you know, yes, we may, we could have, could have, would have taken care of some things, sure. but what an amazing opportunity and experience. Yeah. I think the overall feel was like, it was bittersweet. It was like, you know, you had that initial feeling of like, we just lost. And then it, then you kind of sit back and you're like, we performed really well. Like, and I think that that's something that they, they took a lot of pride in is that we performed, we performed really well. And so I think they took pride. They, um, we won a, a, the big 10 tournament championship first time um, in quite a while within the team. And so that was something that they were really proud of. And I think for our, our players that were graduating, like they know they left the program in a better place than they found it. And so I think anytime you lose, it's, it's sad. And it, you know, for those that are done and they're moving on, it, it's like your last game, but uh, definitely a lot of pride um, in what they accomplished. And um, so, yeah, it was kind of a bittersweet moment. You mentioned the softball coach and her, you know, 38 years of coaching in one institution. Do you see yourself? Is that something that you would like to leave as a legacy and, and, and see Michigan for an extended period of time? Yeah. I mean, I, I, this taking this job was definitely like, kind of like, all right, I, I want to go to a place where I can be and yeah, be the, be, be like softball coach and be here a, a long time and, and build something that's sustainable. I think that that's um, something to be valued and, and it's not super common um, in our sport or in college athletics. Um, you know, uh, you look at Anson at, at North Carolina and Robbie at, um, at, uh, at Duke and, um, you know, some other, other coaches, uh, kind of like Erica at, um, Penn state and Lori Walker at Ohio state. Like they've, they've been at their institutions for a long time and have all been really successful. And I think that that's something to definitely strive for and hoping to do here for sure. We started out with you talking about breaking film down earlier. What does that even look like? Like breaking, like, is it taking notes? And then how, do you take clips and send it to players? How does the communication piece with that just kind of being geeking yeah. out here a little bit on the coaching um, side? I'm definitely like a note taker. I am like, you know, notebook, notes, <laughs> uh, clips, um, you know, clips for myself, clips that we'll use in um, team train, uh, team film. Um, you know, that's kind of more what I'm clipping. Um, my staff will clip stuff that will then create playlists to go to players or playlists that will go to the defenders. And then, um, we're trying to find, uh, work right now on, um, our volunteer assistant coach building stuff to be more player specific, to then help them in their individual player 
plans as far as areas of improvement that's more specific to them that maybe not as kind of more team principles. So definitely trying to find ways to better use video to help in their teaching and development um, individually and then as a, as a team. You mentioned staff. So you get to Michigan and you talked about how important it was like being a part of those other staffs and being around like quality head coach and other assistants. How did you go about create, getting this staff that you have? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was super fortunate because the my now associate head coach, Katie Holtine, we've known each other since since college. So we, we played, played with each other on a summer league W league team in Arizona. So that was the first time that we really met. And, um, and then she played at Washington state. I played at Arizona. So we played against each other and then we both kind of, I got right into coaching. She did a little bit of a, um, a corporate job, but also was coaching and then went coaching full-time. So we've, we've kind of been going back and forth. Like every year she has this thing that pops up on her phone about this message on Facebook, like 20 something years ago. So she always reminds me, Oh, the message popped up. Um, so like we've, we worked together in some national team settings. So that was, it It was like somebody I, I, you know, I knew we, we had worked together. Uh, we understood each other. There was a kind of similar drive. Um, so that, that, that that's Katie. Um, and then when I was putting together the staff, um, you know, Tiffany Hansen was here at Michigan prior to my arrival. Um, and so I interviewed her just like I did all the other candidates and, um, we got along well. And it was kind of like, while we were interviewing, she was still, you know, working in the office. So we were doing stuff together. So it's like, we get this like kind of trial, uh, run of working together and it went well. And, she has such great um, understanding of Michigan, huge pride in Michigan. So it was like, well, this will work great because she already knows the inner workings of how to get stuff done. And um, so it worked out really well. And then, I mean, we had a, one of our, our, at the time, our volunteer was an alum, um, which was great. So then that really helped us create good connections back with the alumni. Um, she has since, uh, gone on but then we brought another alum back that's our current director of operations um, which is great and she actually we coached her in her our, our first year but her fifth year of playing so that was that's always fun when you get a player that comes back and you know they are like oh my goodness there's so much more that goes into this than I ever thought I just thought you guys showed up to the field coached and like <laughs> went home and it was like no that's not what happens but so that's always fun when you get that um, and then uh, we have a, a new volunteer assistant, um, Mario, who coaches here locally and uh, has been a great addition um, to our staff. So we have a few positions that have a little bit more turnover, um, which is it's not good. It gives it I mean, it's not uh, a bad thing. It's, it's a good thing because it gives people opportunity to come in, kind of get a taste and they go off to their next thing, uh, but have good consistency with uh, Katie and Tiffany. This conversation has been awesome. It's been so cool to kind of see I, in my head. I see this map of the U.S. as you're moving around. <laughs> um, if people want to connect with you and kind of just follow your journey or connect with Michigan soccer, what are some of the best ways to do that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely social media. I, I, I will be honest. I'm not like a huge tweeter. I, I, I'm more of like a retweet, you know, like I just look retweet. Um, 
but uh, yeah, definitely Twitter, social media um, for our, all of our programs. I think I'm like at Jen Klein. I'd have to look at it, but um, I like all your stuff so they can find me pretty easily. Right oh, and you tag me quite well, which yes. is nice. Um, but I mean, like I, I, I try to be ex ex accessible. So, you know, Jen Klein at, at michigan.edu, you know, if people have questions, um, you know, I, I want to be collaborative and, and, and help. And, you know, it's not trying to hide and, and keep everything to myself, but, you know, help, help grow the game and help coaches get better, I think is um, something that I'm passionate about and, and want to make sure that I'm accessible for that. We talked about video, but we we're even just talking about Twitter and stuff. How has that changed the coaching landscape of having social media now? Yeah. The ability to access like video of kids playing that you wouldn't have to go and sit on the side of the field. It's so crazy. I, I mean, it's unbelievable, like social media, because like I can sit there like the number of like uh, just even like coaching stuff that you can get, like just like tactical analysis and, and like different, like training videos. And so that part's been really cool. Cause you get like some cool ideas, but then from the like recruiting side, it, I feel like in the last couple of months, the number of recruits that are contacting us now via Twitter and like their videos, and then they're following you. And then that has gone up like significantly. So you know, I've had to spend a little, little bit more time on there than just, uh, doing it, but yeah, it's just the way that, that things are, are, are going. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of positives. There's a, you know, you, you wish that there's been some negatives as far as like our athletes caring too much and, and, you know, uh, the likes and, and how it kind of creates this thing of instant gratification, but, um, you know, we just have to spend time and kind of work, work through that. Well, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat and am excited to share it. I'm going to shut this thing down. This is Karen coach corner chats with Jennifer Klein and I'm out. Peace. What a great chat. Thanks for checking it out. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at Coaches Let's Chat. Hit that subscribe button. And once again, if you get a chance, drop a review. It's super, super helpful for growing the podcast. Have a good one. Peace.